Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Plain and Comedy Podcast. Your host, Kyle Ritchie, joined this week by a friend of mine, friend of the show, Mr. Chris Mills. Welcome, sir. Yeah, thanks for having me. You've been on a couple podcasts. You've been on a, like a little media tour, a little local <laughs> media tour, as of late. You were on uh, Devin's show. Uh, yeah. Devin, twice. Yeah. Devin, Devin got that started, and me and Devin have known each other for a really long time, like we were talking about, and... Uh, I'm always big on, you know, you got to support, like, support small pe- people because all the people online, you know, the real, real famous ones, they're, they've got all the support they need, but it's the people that are in the smaller areas that have a hard time getting out there, and so you have to respect someone who's putting in a bunch of effort and time to try to get something like that going, and a lot of people will just put stuff off like, uh, like they're not the Rogan podcast, so I, why would I give time for that, but I've always respected people who do do those things kind of are like the pioneers in the areas because there's not a whole lot of people around here that do this stuff well, i mean everybody starts somewhere i feel like you know 100 percent. i mean everybody's born in a small town some well not everybody most yeah. but you know most people who anybody who's made it was born in a small town i don't even really want to make it i just want to be able to pay bills with this i'm just like if i could just make enough to not have to work that would yeah. be beautiful i don't even need to be famous i don't need all that <clears throat> any sort of any sort of growth is rewarding. Yeah, that's, and, but I think I, it's. I think it's more that's what you're looking for when you start something like this. Is the is just kind of the validation mm-hmm. that you're good at it and you do have a message. Yeah, which, which is hard to say for this show. I, this show doesn't have a message. I really am just. I just get on here with my friends and which, around for half for probably an hour and a half to two hours. Which, in a way, that's the message. Yeah, it's the, just the freedom of not well, having an expectation. Yeah, I think my message to people is just, like, not everything has to be so serious. Yes, 100%. Which is something we'll get into in this show. So, what are some of your interests? Obviously, you were on Devin's show, Diversity in Life, which is kind of a spiritual... Yeah. So, it's hard to describe his show. Like, self-help, almost kind of yep. like... It, motivational podcast in a way. It's like, he... Oh, you bastard. But, yeah. Yeah, it... Uh... I have a multitude of interests, um, and that's why I felt like I really, what drew me towards these podcasts uh, and and talking on them, it was being able to express myself uh, and all the different interests that I do have that aren't very common around the area that I'm in, but the information that you can come across if you really set out for it is can, it can be pretty spectacular and uh, I'm definitely all for people being skeptical but at the same time you have to be open enough to look at the information that is being presented. I, I think the like I'm a pretty skeptical person I would say and I'm, I'm not a big I believe in a lot of conspiracy theories but there's a lot I think it's like I've told people before I was like I think it's just people just have too much time on their hands. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I completely but agree. I think there is there is a level of skepticism that is like it's almost like you go into there's skepticism and there's just kind of blind trust yeah in official sources and I just I don't know that I fall into blind trust like there's a lot of things that the government I'm just like I don't know that I trust the government 100% of the time you kind of have, the way I parse it out is 
is whatever is being accused of like does it sound like something that a could happen mm -hmm. b does everyone involved does it seem like something they would do yep and c is like do you think they would like do they have the power to cover it up right so right. that's the big things to me like like one of the big ones that like the pedophile rings thing in hollywood yeah. and in interesting the government like that i always believe because like i you would always like there was always whispers especially in yeah. hollywood oh yeah there's there always for really, yeah, really forever forever for decades since and, Corey feldman's the first one i, I was remember. literally just thinking that same exact guy and he was one of the first big ones to really come out and i mean you had there were whispers with like michael jackson's situation where you had some people that'll come out way after the fact and start saying this stuff and you have to really ask yourself you know are they attention seeking or is it or, or is listen legitimate to, yeah yeah listen to what they have to say and then do actual well, facts and it's, pop up that it's so hard it. when so after someone dies especially because can be a, they're not there to defend themselves but also, be there's also an argument that like these people have to wait for these people to die because they're super powerful, yeah. and if they try to speak out, they'll silence them. So mm -hmm. that's why they wait for them to die. It's just a double-edged sword because you know, like again, Michael Jackson's not here to defend himself no. to say that he didn't molest anybody. Neither is Jeffrey Epstein. That's true. <laughs> but I don't think Je I, I don't think Jeffrey Jeffrey didn't really seem to deny that. He just kind of seemed to take that shit on the chin when I caught. <laughs> He's he like, kind of was just like, ah, you got me. All right, fair enough. <laughs> and then that's and one of those situations when he gets arrested. At first, he's like, well, what, what, why am I getting arrested? And then they read the charges, and he's like, ah, right, yeah, that's Man. that's fair. And you then, got me. And then all of the connections that he had. That's the wildest thing that has yet to be investigated that I've ever seen. Just stop. It just stopped. The voice ever stopped talking about. It. <laughs> <laughs> and it's one of the most yeah. What I would consider serious issues. Former presidents have been on his airplane into his island. I'm just like, hey, I, I would have questions about that. I'm like, hey, what were y'all doing? What was what, what's up? Yeah, I, that's I highly even, doubt they were playing cards. Well, that's not even a political fucking thing. Like, cause it was Bill Clinton and Donald Trump, and I'm just like, that's Which, a lot. In a way, I mean, because, you know, depending on how far into the conspiracy and stuff you get with the whole rings, it's not, I mean, I would say that that ring isn't solely exclusive to pedophilia. It's more of a higher, higher form oh, yeah. of uh, society, whether, you know, like the kind of like the Illuminati type stuff where there's just this high level of uh, people that have connections. You've heard of, like, the Bohemian Grove and all those weird oh, yeah, meetings. Bohemian Grove is, like, all the secret societies, if you will. Yeah, and they've got See, I weird rituals. For and sure, what are two of those are real? That, oh, well, Alex Jones, you know, that guy, he's on was on YouTube. Alex got wild. Taken off. He is nuts, that, but some of the stuff oh, yeah. is, has been proven oh, yeah. purely factual. He hey. snuck into the Bohemian Grove, got video and pictures of all of it, and he's, then he has video of him going up to one of the people who were there and interviewing him, and he gets all mad, and, 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 and he tries to... He well, tries to get him in trouble, but there's he was just reporting like there's the, the free press. He couldn't do nothing about it. He was just mad because he was asking some sensitive questions. Yeah, dude, it's bad. those secret societies definitely exist. I mean, we have proof, obviously, like like Bohemian Grove, and, mm -hmm. and obviously, like when you look at something like just like the CIA. I mean, the CIA has clandestine services, and for the people who don't know what clandestine services in the CIA is, it's basically just 
a secret organization mm-hmm. that does wild shit all over the planet. Like the black budget. <laughs> yeah, stuff. it's that's so scary, dude. But yeah, those secret societies definitely exist. I mean, really, like, did you ever did you go to school, like, college at all? I went a two years post uh, education at uh, well, it was a f- little bit longer than two years, but I pursued a two year degree and changed my uh, major about three quarters of the way through that, and then completed a separate two year degree. But I was the majority of the credits transferred over. So I uh, I learned a lot about business and then it went over into, they called it human services, which is just kind of an offshoot of social work. And yeah, HR. Uh, yeah, basically. Well, not human resources. But like, a similar kind of thing. Kind of. It's more of the like social work, like dealing with kids in like uh, court ordered scenarios, like people in like the adoption and and uh, and, and child DS and Department of DCS, Department of Child Services and stuff like that. But I uh, specifically did like an internship working with uh, court ordered teens who were uh, in trouble and kicked out of school, but had to go to this place to kind of get rehabbed, so to speak. And that was like my major background, but then I, as I was completing it, I had to, I decided to transfer over to a uh, different, the, that one, the specific reason why, uh, not to get too far off, but it was, uh, I had taken a, one of my final semester classes was a, uh, a, uh, just a, a way to uh, take care of yourself to try to prevent burnout in that because they talk about just the difficult situations you experience in the adoption scenarios. Uh, you'll get burnt out fairly quickly, so you have to take care of yourself, self-care. And one of those was the gym and being in the gym and, uh, uh, and, and, and taking care of yourself physically. That's where I found my love for the fitness, which is something we'll probably discuss at some point, but um, the, uh, the I, I, forgive me, I'm, what what led us into this? Did, did you go to college at all? That yeah, sorry. It um, but the transferring over into the fitness side of things was where I finished my education, and yeah. I completed the two year degree, but then. That led me into fitness, but I did all that online. So I've definitely done a lot of education post high school, but in a f- nothing that I've taken to like a bachelor's level or yeah. anything like that. Were you at a traditional like four year university? I went to a four year mm-hmm. university, made some negative decisions had to transfer to a two-year place that was a community college, Ivy Tech in Sellersburg, and uh, went on campus there, and that was where I got all of the human services degree, and uh, I completed a majority of a business degree there, and then transferred it over to a human services, focusing on addiction studies. A lot of reason why we were dealing with it myself and my friends, and then my entire family basically uh, from top down has had issues with it so um, I kind of wanted to figure out why and uh, so that was what led me there and it was a good decision I think that it helped me a lot but it hasn't made any impact on where I currently am 
if that makes any sense. Like I, I never, I didn't get a job in that field. You know, we're just, I, I think I used the skills that I learned in that in the fitness aspect. It was really the self-care side of stuff that, that I got from that. And then learning how to deal with it at home because Adopt, adopting my uncle's children that that's a whole different not to get into too much personal stuff but it's definitely helped me in a lot of other ways and not necessarily financially or uh, job wise but I I'm not I'm a more of a simple kind of person and it's I don't believe that your success is based financially not that I don't strive to become financially successful and well, free. Again, I feel like everyone Everyone strives to become financially successful because it represents freedom. Yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. if you can become financially like financially set, you can essentially do what you want. Literally. You're not bound by any job that you have to have. That's kind of what we, what the basis of starting this that's is. That's why I think, like. Is having your own thing. Oh, yeah. Well, that's what I, like, a passive income that you enjoy doing. I think that's something, that, like, when everybody talks about, like, because we're, you know, we're the same generation of people. Yeah. Our generation is obsessed with Green Ranch. I don't think that's what people are obsessed with. I think they are obsessed with the freedom that comes with not having to worry about your finances. Yep. And 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 just being able, because with, with our generation, you know, as well as I do, it's social media driven. It's all social media driven. And... One of the negative aspects of that is only the majority of the time, only the positive and and you know wealthy people are the ones that are are doing the the driving or the driving force of that medium. And there's not, unfortunately, there's just not a way to really help younger, like newer people and newer brands boost themselves. Obviously, they have marketing tools, but. You have to be vastly wealthy to be able to afford the to really get yourself into the algorithm to, and, and to truly grow. In many grow. ways, you have to find kind of a, a rhythm. Yeah. Like you either a have to be you have to be doing several different things. Mm-hmm. And, and that that's all contribute what, to one, which is what I'm beginning to do. But I like it's hard to explain. Like the algorithm is such a complex set of numbers and like the way they analyze people's accounts and what you would be interested in and <clears throat> it's so hard to get yourself aligned with that and not only that like like one of the problems that this show has on youtube is like they like if you curse you get re it's really hard to get oh. promoted anymore it used to not be a, such a big problem it, mm -hmm. but now it's like your video gets boosted down like 75% or something crazy like that. So it's just impossible. So I will probably will think about censoring some of this in the future yeah. for YouTube videos just because of monetarily, like you can't make, you can't, you just can't anymore. No, and that's why it was like, I feel like, I don't know, the Rogan podcast, how did he get away with so much for so because long? Because he started it before this was a thing. Back when the internet, like, a big reason the internet got so popular in YouTube and all podcasting and all this is because it was, <clears throat> it was in a world that, it was in a universe that didn't have the FCC. Because on television, there's only so much you can get away with because the FCC exists and they tell you basically what you can and can't, unless you are making, like, 
a content for a premium channel or a streaming service, mm -hmm. they tell you what you can and can't do. And even on a premium channel, like, you can only get away with stuff to a certain extent. Really, the the most freedom you'll have is, like, on a streaming service. And even though, even streaming services have sponsors. So, you still have to somewhat watch yourself. Yeah. The internet was the first platform people had that was just, it really was the Wild West in many ways. Like you could just do and post whatever you wanted. Do you think <clears throat> that the former couple, past couple, two or three years, the dealing with the coronavirus, I think the coronavirus boosted the usage rate of a lot of these social medias, and I also think that it, it heightened the censorship because yeah, I think the, and those political the political issue not issues but the the uh, election that was going on right around that same time it was like there was just a vast amount of dis and misinformation that was being put out there that something had to be done that was when the wall or they had not mark Wahlberg but mark Zuckel, mark zuckerberg and court Mark and Wahlberg went to court to discuss something. What a <laughs> fucking court case that would be. Great television. No doubt. But yeah, <laughs> Zuck was in there and talking about Facebook. That, dude, here's the problem with when they do stuff like that. Those people in Congress don't know enough about the internet to ask these dudes questions. No, no. And that, they... You, they need to bring in people, they need to bring in experts, people who are professionals in tech to ask these people questions that make sense in, in a concrete way that would would challenge them, and the grand public would understand. But instead, these people, these congressmen look like morons. They don't understand how the internet works. Which you could just see it. It was a matter of Zuckerberg completely outsmarting them on multitudes of levels. If he's smart enough to start Facebook, he's smart enough to say the right thing. And that was all he was doing the entire time. All the clips that you would see of him, it was simply him knowing the right thing to say and how to word his self right. But so he wasn't even challenged, like because the questions were so simplistic and he knew like he you could tell he was just like, Oh well this is gonna be a fucking breeze. If yeah. yeah if he's in any way well spoken and just well thought out, which he's well, obviously is, then you can easily finagle your way right around those questions. I mean, they were basically you need younger people asking these questions. Because they grew up with the like, yeah. like my generation, like I grew up with the internet. I was born in 1996, so by the time I was really old enough to comprehend things, the internet was starting to take off. Major. And we literally grew up with it. Like, oh yeah, it I, was, remember it Lime Wire, I remember LimeWire. Uh, I remember all that yeah. shit. Yeah, that Pirate Bay. That was great. I watched so many movies. Oh. Illegally. Oh. Do you remember the commercials that they used to make? If you, you wouldn't steal a car about an adult pirate movie. And I was like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> they're not gonna... They're, you wouldn't steal a car. Dude, like, nobody's to, kicking in my door because I wanted to watch Scooby-Doo 2. I used to make money on, in high school. Burning CDs for people. And I'd, you could buy an iPod. and re, I'd buy an iPod and s sell it for the amount I made for it. Because I'd put all the music that somebody wanted... Uh, uh, they would just custom make, they give me a playlist of their music they wanted, and um, I'd do it for them. They'd just buy the iPod from me if I'd I'd work with like back when I was working at KFC and all those good old days. That was well, right out of high school. Yeah, I mean, it's something me and Devin talked about, and like we've gone from that to what the internet is now. Like yeah. now you have people. 
who have gone from being like making YouTube videos and being on the internet to like they make movies and shit. Oh, it's absolutely like the one insane. I brought up with him was Addison Ray. Like she went oh. from being, God, I want to say it was one of the Jenner's friends, to making TikToks about dancing. To now she has two movies out on Netflix. Legit. I'm just like that is career and, progression. I mean, Mr. Beast, one of yeah. the biggest. He's got. It, he's got everything from, uh, I mean, the chocolate bars, the hamburgers, the whole, I mean, everything. And it's simply from him starting a YouTube channel, going up and giving homeless people and other people money and challenges. And now he's giving away m mansions and Lamborghinis. And it's the wildest thing, that, like the transition, that like how people have figured out a way to make a... Not only a living, but yeah. like generational wealth from oh, the internet. Yeah, for it's sure. It's insane. Being, which it just gave people the power to own their stuff. Yeah. For the most part. For the most part. it YouTube obviously is getting a cut, rightfully so. Um, but they're, they're, they're still making it. A, 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 they're making it a way for people to become their own production studio. Essentially, yeah. That's the idea of, uh, you know, obviously you're going to have to have some capital to invest initially in, in just, you know, depending on how, how well or how, I guess, big you want to go with it. Um, they, that's all you see them popping up. All kinds of celebrities from the past and, uh, I mean, just, uh, and the vast array of different, avenues that people can take from the, you know, music, people reviewing music live is a real popular thing. I watch that myself, to people doing DIY home builds, yeah, super to popular. food reviews, the hot wing challenges, to the sit-down chats like we're doing. There's just a, never before would you think that people would be able to make money doing that, and, and, and uh, just started in their own bedroom. It's pretty yeah, I mean, cool. we lived, we lived in it. We now live in a world where people can, you know, make money just doing interesting things like that. God, anytime I want to mention the Halloween challenge, I get like PTSD <laughs> from the one I had to eat over Jake Paul knocking out Ben Askren. Oh no! I bet on Ben. I was, I, listen, I was just real hard hoping. I was just like, no, I can't, I can't be good oh, at this. No. Oh God! And it's I was wrong. He's annoyingly good at boxing. Yeah. Although he did get beat up by Tommy, which gives yeah. me hope. He's yeah. fighting Nate Diaz now. Yes, I've seen this. I've seen this, and get the bag, Nate. He don't train like he used to, but he is I technical. Just, more I technical. He's knocked out though. He's tough. No, I I would know what I would not. No, that's definitely not what I'm that saying. He's definitely not what he once was, but he is still never someone who I would try to pick a fight with. And uh, Jake's good at what he does, and that's selling stuff. Yeah. And, you know, which he, granted, someone could argue he had a good, good... Uh, Start like, with the Disney of, background. Speaking of influencers and the internet, Jake Paul is a premium example. This dude has gone from a YouTuber, not even a YouTuber. He was on. He was a, a guest on his brother's vines. He was yeah. even, and then he started. Which, how, is that how he got started on Disney? No, he started with his brother's vines, and then they 
I think they moved when Vine shut down. He made his own Vine. Well, I know Logan moved. got in big trouble because he did that yeah. Vine in the Suicide Forest. Well, it wasn't a Vine. They went from Vine when Vine shut down in 2014 to YouTube. They both did. And then he made a YouTube video. Uh, and that was before that, Jake when he was on Vine, got the deal with Disney. So he had a YouTube channel and was with Disney. And then when Logan recorded that shit, it kind of found them both in a little bit of hot water. Big so time. Jake was laying low. <clears throat> and then he came back with this boxing thing mm -hmm. after Logan did it. And I'm like, that's genius. Big time. I mean, and... Which, and he's better at it than Logan is. Obviously, they put the work in. Oh, I mean, yeah, he works hard. You know. And now, granted, are they using any supplements... Quote, I mean, probably. <laughs> There's no probably. Absolutely. Jake went from looking like a Disney Boy kid to, yeah, to looking like a like wish Conor McGregor in about a couple years. So yeah. I would say, yeah, they were probably taking some vitamins. Yeah. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll say. Yeah, we'll go with that. Yeah, he, I uh, mean, they moved to Puerto Rico for a fucking reason. I don't care what anyone <laughs> says. Everyone's uh, he, they keep being like, "Oh, it's just nice down here." I'm like, "Bullshit!" Yeah, you don't just move out of the country for no reason. You don't just take off and make yourself anytime you want to go anywhere in the United States, give yourself a couple hour flight. You don't do that for no reason. It's no secret that the laws are highly, highly different yeah, across well, the I've, borders. I've heard that it was tax <laughs> like they got in trouble for some kind of tax thing. And probably, and I would assume probably they were doing steroids to get ready to fight, which I don't care. I've always and said no. I don't understand why they don't allow fighters to use things no. like testosterone and yeah. stuff like that. It seems which you would be surprised nowadays they get away with it. They, oh yeah, it's not necessarily legal on the on the in the in the fine print, but you would be surprised the amount of. Boxers, MMA fighters, NFL players are oh, the highly, NFL, the highly. NFL players doesn't surprise me. Here's the thing: like when you see, like I've, I, what I've always said about actors. Oh. Like when you see an actor, like I, like when, like me and my fiance talked about this, like because you, you know we we talked about like people have really high beauty standards. I'm like, but that people don't understand. That's not what real people look like. Like. Yes, Chris Hemsworth. Like, if you worked out every day like Chris Hemsworth, you could look like that. Like, but he also has millions of dollars and can afford a nutritionist, like a world class nutritionist, a world class personal he, chef. And he's he can hands. afford to go to the gym for five hours a day. Like, not only, and not only that, he's for sure taking steroids. Oh yes, major. And which I don't know. If and I don't. I'm not hate. There's no, no. hate. And I'm not saying no, like, no, no, oh, no. he shouldn't do that. No. If they told me tomorrow, Kyle, you can be Wolverine. I'm starting to cycle the next. Fucking day. I have no, there's no hate in this at all. No. I 100% appreciate it. I just want people to understand that, like, you can't compare yourselves to these celebrities because they just live a completely different life than we do. Yes. And it's the same thing with football players. Yep. For me, it's the. Now, issue. football players are different because they also are naturally freaks. Yeah. That's the difference. As football no players take the steroids on top of the fact that they're mm. horrifying. Big time, and <laughs> genetics will uh, genetics undoubtedly play a massive, massive role in in the entire spectrum of of, of people. Oh yeah, and beauty 100%. and things like that. But there's no secret that all of the 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 ways, the, just the way that society is, how medicated we've been for years, how uh, 
the lack of the quality of the foods and just a vast majority of factors are playing into the lowering of hormone levels and the altering of hormone levels in people. That's why yeah. uh, that's why we're seeing the average levels of testosterone in men going way, way, way down year after year after year and as we get older. And uh, I have, I'm someone who has personal experience with the low testosterones and stuff like that. And, and that's why I am a proponent for hormone therapy in the right scenarios. What I do not agree with is the lack of the transparency because of the prison industrial complex wanting to profit off of the having the most things illegal as possible. Yeah, That's why weed still there the whole issue why with weed's the weed. Still illegal. It's Honestly, all, it's why most of your most drugs are so illegal. Yeah, I mean prison the prison industrial complex is a private industry. Yeah. It's a per, like any person can open it and obviously the more people are in there the more money they're going to be getting. And so that's going to well, factor yeah, in the United States incarcerates more people than any country on earth. We build more schools than we build, or we build more prisons than we do schools. Yeah. And, um, and that's definitely not contributing to the education of our youth <laughs> and, and the betterment of our youth. And there's a lot of issues, but uh, what can we do? What can, you do? <laughs> what can we do? I was like, you talked about you were, <clears throat> you're kind of a conspiracy guy as we were just diving deep into a lot of things right there. What are, like, the big ones you're into? Because we were just talking about, like, clandestine services. Like, the reason I asked you if you've been to college is because, like, I, the reason I believe in, like, secret societies is if, if, you, if you've ever seen a fraternity or sorority oh. close, that's what they are. That's their that's they the are, seed. That is a fucking <laughs> secret, like, society. I have seen some, listen to me, people. I've seen some shit. I've been, because my girlfriend only went to college. We went to college together. We went to IUS. And she joined a sorority, and I have been to fraternity. Like, I've been to frat keggers and sororities parties. Mm -hmm. I've seen some shit. Oh, I can imagine. <laughs> I have seen some shit. I, people, I, I, I would say the National people, Lampoon movies oh, yeah. don't even hold They live candle. in their own world. That's what it is. That's what's crazy. And that's what I realized. I'm like, oh, so this is 100% possible. Oh. Because here's the thing. These were middle-class kids from the Midwest middle class to, in my case, lower mm -hmm. class kids from the Midwest trying to go to college. So I'm just like, if these kids can have, like, their own little world that they live in, oh, where they, I see, I've seen them do some wild shit. Oh. I, I can only imagine if you had billions of dollars what you could get away with doing, what you could, like, seclude yourself off from the world and do. Yeah, kind of, kind of scary. If yeah. Once you get into it so, uh, far enough, because I mean, obviously, my the intro to me with the secret society was just like your local Freemason, Freemasons yeah. and Freemasonry, and like where well, did for that me, come like, from? like the Freemasons and all that stuff. But that was always a bunch of just old dudes from around the, mm -hmm. like around town. It Which was like the origins of it. Yeah, the origins goes way weird. back. Yeah, and and how much of that stuff is going on in your average, you know, podunk local? Freemason, uh, where they the hall probably not the, a lot. No, it's on the high levels. It's on the higher levels. But just the I like the fact that they're even at a local level, you have a group of guys that can get together and kind of like illegally just be like, no, no, come in here. We will discuss. Like we're mm -hmm. discussing our own thing. And they and there's like a I don't I ain't gonna say this to speak. To, on all of them, but there's definitely like it gives people a heightened sense of 
importance or like ego oh, yeah and it's just like i could never subscribe to any of that it's just like i've always whether it's you know i guess my person the type of person uh, personality just the free spirit i don't know spiritual or whatever it is but i've just never been big on like status like i've never like it's like they're people they're yeah. people they bleed blood and that's how i that's one of the reasons why it's just like the whole idea of the queens of like the queen of england and the royal families and stuff and it's just like those people they they literally legitimately think of them as like higher like they're higher in like they're oh yeah but it's just like i could never you know i respect them yeah but it's just like that's not i can't bow down because i don't i just don't feel well, that's like everyone hates the two that left because the the girl he married is American, yeah. and so yeah. she's not used to all the bullshit they have to yeah. do. And she was kind of like, "Well, this is fucking ridiculous." Well, they like, were thinking that she was gonna end up like Princess Diana, you know, back in the day. Yeah, this and is like this is all nonsense. Like, let's just leave. And I'm just kind of like, that's where I'm with you. I'm just like, you gotta remember that these these are people. These are you know. Yes, as rich as they are, and this mm -hmm. is their whole life, and like, oh, they're human beings. Yeah. Like, here's the thing, he ran off and married a girl from America, and I don't know if you've met a lot of American women, but they're feisty. Guaranteed. And if you bring them into the, and you, I'm sure when he brought her to, you know, to meet the family, and they were all proper, she was like, these people, they were all like, She's like, these people are fucking crazy, dude. I don't know what. She's like, these white people are nuts. Big time. <laughs> Big. That's time. What, 100% what happened. Which I, most people from the outside looking in, if they looked at the American culture in itself. And oh, yeah. Just the how absolutely we are, crazy. We have, we have a rowdy cult. I don't oh, think. I mean, it's. Well, people in the United States are so insulated. So I don't feel like people in the United States travel. No. outside of the country much. No. To me, traveling to, like, Mexico or Canada, that's not really traveling. I'm talking about, like, going... Across the pond. Yeah. <laughs> that's when you'll get a real sense of what other people think of the United States. And, and their, people's opinions of the United States are fucking rowdy. People Ooh. are like, that is a rowdy country yeah. that y'all live in. It, they, yeah, they don't know quite why we do a lot of yeah. the things we do. And some of the stuff that are, you know, the government and whatnot that they're totally against it, some of it works fairly well in other places and it's just like why don't we give that stuff a chance but whenever you have have a certain thing that's worked a certain way for a long time which you were mentioned in some kind of society slightly collapsing as we're and we're living it in real time it's like i can't argue that because the stuff that used to work it's either not being implemented correctly now, or they're using a false, kind of uh, false, uh, like they're claiming it to be something that it's not. Like in, in like our, a false equivalency type thing. Yeah, like the way our government works and how well that our country is doing, they kind of, I think they lie about it. And oh, they yeah. want to think it's doing well, but it's not what it once was. They need us to think it's doing well. Because if, oh, okay. if, if the public thinks it's doing well, then they'll vote. We'll vote for people. Yeah. That's what it's all about. Yeah. They just want you to vote for them. Big time. And that's like, it, it, it's hard to, hard to, hard to imagine things in society allowing it to regress back to 
like an apocalypse scenario or a true full-on full-fledged collapse I think that there will always be a bailout scenario simply because the ones who have lived that comfortable lifestyle that's being run by the machine uh, you know society so to speak they want to live they want to keep living that life and they can't do it themselves and they are the only ones who have the resources to keep it going and so and we're the ones who have the manpower and the labor so if things they're always going to come up with some solution or some sort of a temporary fix yeah, or well, patch i don't think an apocalypse scenario is possible i don't know what i would say is possible i do think it's i think more of like i hate saying this but i think the biggest fear I have is more of an authoritarian regime in the mm -hmm. United States. Yes. And I didn't think it was really possible until close. recently. Getting close. But people are so invested in things and so frenetic, it feels like, and so against each other that it really does feel like if someone who knew how to speak well and had a set of goals and was charismatic, if they, they could come into power and pretty much do whatever they wanted. Oh, it, it's not easy, it's, or it's not hard to see the how easily influenceable the majority of the public is yeah. and how you can tell that they have truly been indoctrined and, 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 and just trained to look at whatever is being presented to them on a massive scale and whatever, the big, whatever has the biggest number next to it. It's essentially, in terms of money or votes or views or whatever, they're going to gravitate towards that because they have such a little, such a low ability to think for themselves and come up with uh, their own opinion on stuff. They just follow it. They just follow what's being what's being advertised the most, and it's as easy as just telling someone, "I'm going to make things great for you." Yeah. That it, and that's as simple as it is, and then nothing ever comes about it yeah, and from ever, either on either either side, side of the it fence. feels like it, it feels like nothing really ever changes no and why would they why would they make a move that directly takes from them even though 99% of them have enough resources for their families to live well for many many years to come they they could afford to make things better for the populace, like the massive population, make things easier, and uh, but why don't they? And that's something that I've always, you know, they call it, you know, the socialists, and da 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 da. -da where if you take away, it's like these billionaires. No human, no any entity needs a hundred and fifty billion dollars. No, well, or you look at all these billionaires at the top of it's like. You pick one of them and just implement some sort of a tax on this wealth that they're bringing in, they could literally rebuild the country from the ground up. You go to the high, like, look at the numbers. The highest struggling areas, go in there and, and, and rebuild it. It's not hard. I mean, you have small developers that, that are led by athletes, people who are millionaires, and they're developing areas fairly well. Imagine if a billionaire... Allocate well, their stuff resources. like that shows you where these, the heart lies with these billionaires. Like it's, 
do like these athletes like of course these athletes are doing that. Of course these guys are rebuilding these neighborhoods. A lot of them are from these fucking Big time. Like these dudes grew up poor. A mm-hmm. lot of them grew up middle class. Mm-hmm. A lot of them, you know what I mean? They know what it's like. Mm-hmm. Versus and the uh, opposite end. Those other people, they're gener- already always, generationally yeah. wealthy. They there's don't a, there's only a few billionaires you you can really like Bezos is one of the few that I don't think was generationally wealthy. Yeah. When he started, and I, probably and Bill Gates, I, I think he was pretty. I think Jobs, like Jobs, was middle class. Jobs is one of the unique ones. I thought he was, which I, unfortunately he's gone now. But he had a pretty cool message. And yeah, I mean, he was. Yeah. He's such an interesting. I've read his biography. Did you twice. know? Did you hear? Did you hear about what he did at his funeral? How he gave what book he gave out to everybody at his funeral? No, I can't. I uh, it's called the Bhagavad Gita. And it's a I knew, I, Eastern. I was about to say I knew it was some. It was like an Eastern Asian, because he was very, very into that. He traveled yep. to India big time. That's where he first started taking acid. Or when yeah. he started taking acid again, he first started taking acid. He yep. started taking acid when he was like seventeen. Yep. And they, and then what? Which a lot of the Eastern philosophy they talk about a way to induce those hallucination, hallucinations and trips like that naturally, yeah. and through breathing techniques. And stuff like that, and when you when you get into those like, cause a uh, part of the fitness avenue that I got into that I get into, part of it is yoga, and um, I educated myself fairly decently in that subject, and I actually close to becoming a 500 hour certified yoga instructor, and I was hoping to open my own studio uh, at some point in the future, but. Um, in the meantime, I just kind of practice it and study the philosophy. And um, uh, Steve Jobs was—he—he he was highly, highly interested in it. And, yeah. Um, and yeah, the Bhagavad Gita is one of the main books, kind of like the study guide for the uh, yoga philosophy, if you will. And uh, that was—it was just always very interesting to me that he was such a highly wealthy individual. Oh, yeah. That. But well, he was still able to remain. What's so, so fascinating about it is, it really like turned his life around because before that, before he got into all that, when he would, that was when he was like the, when you read his autobiography or his biography, I think it's an autobiography, but basically like everyone that talks about it says that like when, he was, like really like a an awful kind of an awful person like he was just kind of an asshole. And I think a lot of it was just because he was so disconnected from reality. He was so driven by this one goal that Western any, society. Yeah, anything besides that goal, he pushed away to the point where, like you know, he had like he had a seventeen-year-old daughter that he'd never even met. Wow. And he, like, it got so bad that he was kicked off of Apple. Like the board of directors basically bought his shares from him and fired him from Apple. Wow. And that's when he went to India and got into all that. And when he came back, I guess, like, they eventually invited him back because, obviously, they're not going, you know, everyone left when Steve left. Yeah. So when he, he comes back and they, that's when they start releasing the iPod and all that stuff. But he was much, everyone said he was much more calm, much more relaxed. It seemed like he had found peace. That's what, like, what you're talking about with the yoga and stuff like that. It seems like it's something that really, really helped him kind of oh, find himself in a way. There's something to it. And realize that there is more to life than just... Because that's what's interesting about Steve is he kind of lived 
both lives, like the live you see this the billionaires in America live, where they're just constantly on the go, on the yeah. move, trying to buy. You know, what I mean, they never more and more and more slow down. Like like Elon Musk, like one of my favorite stories about Elon Musk, who's gonna be a Steve Jobs type character. Is like he's got like nine kids with yeah. his employees, and I'm just like, of course he does, because it's a guy singularly devoted to one goal, but he's also a human being. Yeah, and I just I feel like. He's hilarious, too. Yeah, he's an and interesting very, guy. Very, very he's awesome. a strange fella. <laughs> like the Grimes, or whatever her name was, that he just had his recent kid with, it's named like XYZB yeah. or whatever. <laughs> he, he really... She said, he's my cult leader. <laughs> he really is. I mean, the man is like, he's... I'm concerned sometimes. Like, I'm just like, he's going to go like full David Koresh one day. <laughs> he's just going to build a fucking... Super villain. Yeah, he's going to build a compound... Out in, I don't know, North Dakota. Anywhere. Yeah, North Dakota. <laughs> Underground. He's gonna all, but he's going to have 6,000 people move out there with him, and we're all just going to be like, oh, no. <laughs> he's going to hire, like, a, 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 a plethora of scientists and farmers and just the ultimate yeah. society that he can he's just go live over, underground. He's going to take over a whole state. <laughs> and basically, one day... The state in the near of the future, Elon. we're just going to see drones rise up from that state with the little Tesla logo on them as he decides to take over the world. Oh, gosh, dude. That's, that's an, that, 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 that would not surprise me. It Even would not Jeff. surprise me in this lead. Bezos but. is the one that scares me the most. He just says shit quiet. Yeah. You know what really? they say? Geez, move in silence like oh, lasagna. Oh, goodness. That is the truth. He's uh, Elon's real loud, kind of. Elon is very. Eccentric, kind of. Yes. And I feel like. Jeff Bezos reminds me of, like, now, of, like, a buff Lex Luthor. Yeah. He's just super silent. He'd just be doing shit. And we're all just, like, Whoa. Building super yachts and yeah. shit. Gonna go Spilling. fucking... He's like, I'm just gonna go to the... That's what Jeff's gonna do. Swint, uh, sail to Antarctica. And Elon's gonna there. take over state. Jeff's gonna own Mars. <laughs> he's just gonna... Amazon will just be... They'll just all... Everything from Amazon will be on they'll Mars. They'll be, like, a, the moon... They'll find a way to project their logo onto the moon at night. So yeah. that it shows the Amazon across our moon or something. He'll live there by himself. <laughs> Dude, it, it, nothing. There's no nothing labor laws on the moon, me. bitch. <laughs> Get back to work. Working 26 hours a day. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it, nothing would surprise me, really. It wouldn't. And and as wild as it is to think about and stuff, I don't. Have you ever seen the documentary Unacknowledged with Stephen Greer? I don't think so. Wow. It uh. It kind of directly goes goes directly into the whole government and the black budget side oh of the God. government. Dude, the and black budget, I don't even look into that anymore. I can't. I just, every time I man. fucking read about the black budget, it scares me. Dude, it, um... Do you know since, like, since 9-11... That's the trailer for it right there. I think um, since 9-11... Like two billion dollars are unaccounted for. Well, the day before 9/11 happened, they had a national press club event. They go into it in this documentary. They have a the full section on it. The day before 9/11 happened, this is still all unofficial. There's a national press club news event. They went out and they were admitting to the missing 2.3 trillion dollars of tax money oh my god trillion trillion and they could they were they they started trying to go into the accounting division and and figure out where what was going on with it the day the next day 
the accounting division of the Pentagon gets hit yeah, by a plane that. that they have no footage of. 747. And it's the, and the flight angle, the plane would, but there was no debris found. That's another interesting interesting thing. But uh, but yeah, tr check this trailer out. It's too high. Roswell. 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 ET visitation and people have been attempting to conceal this knowledge. Oh, we're talking about aliens. We actually did recoveries of bodies that were involved with some that was of the these crashes. That, that guy was talking about. I said, are you going to wow. tell the public about it? And he says, no, we don't tell the public about this. There began to be this bifurcation, that this separation between legitimate national security and military operations and the deep black programs that are unacknowledged. If people think that it's just the UFO issue, they're gravely mistaken. This is one of the ultimate secrets that needs to be exposed. If there was a project that oh, was dude. illegal, the president doesn't know it's occurring, who's going to stop this Fascinating. Fascinating. Oh. This, this documentary changed the course of my life. unusual structure. When people find out about that, they're going to say, who put that there? Talking about the monolith on Mars. Black programs Why did they not want to go there? Hoax and alien invasion. They could do it, and they could do it in a way that's 100% believable. That quote was coming from set up a, a higher up at Lockheed Martin. Some works. They have people Shit. in bed yeah. in all the major media to change and affect stories. If you tell anyone about this project, this bullet, has your name on it, and it will find you. The strategy was that first the Russians were there, then That woman they're speaking the was the assistant to Werner von Braun. She was speaking with Werner von Braun on his deathbed when Werner von Braun came out and said, everything that was we're being told is a lie. I think she might speak on it. Uh, then third world country crazies. The last card is the alien card. She's oh speaking on false flag operations. It's a lie. What? Yes. The f yeah. Highly recommend. The f the alien card, dude. I swear to God. <clears throat> if we go to war, like, it's scary how accurate that is right now. Uh, it's all. I've been. That this, all just this documentary was is years old, and I watched it very early on in it, its release, and it it'll make you. It, it'll scare you. It really will because of being able to watch it playing out in real, like like you were saying, in real time, dude. And well, we're in a proxy war with Russia and Ukraine. <sighs> Everything that's happened with North Korea and everybody around the world, really. Yeah. It uh, and like she was saying, the false flags that goes into Gulf of Tonkin false flag ish incident that Gulf of Tonkin the, is fascinating. Oh, dude, nine eleven. <laughs> And some of this what are your what what are the conspiracy guns you're into? I know you told me you're a Bigfoot guy. Um, what do you think Bigfoot I is? I mean, I I see. I mean, Hunter talked about this. Me and Hunter Stewart. Yeah. And I we both think it's just a big monkey. Ah, uh, interesting. Like an ape. Yeah. But like a bipedal, the last bipedal ape. We think that's why, like, we think they're extinct. 
Because I just don't, like, I don't know if there would be a habitat because of human housing anymore that would host such an animal. But I do think they existed, and I do think they existed, like, as early as the 70s. Mm-hmm. So I think, we, you know, but though even in the 70s, the United States wasn't, we didn't have as many people as we did then. I think we had these big, giant forests. Fuck, yeah, you think you could run into a prehistoric monkey. Well, Bigfoot topic, one of the, I would say, top three to top five that I'm into, I would say, uh, and it correlates directly with a missing person topic that I'm highly, highly into, which slightly correlates or I guess kind of connects to the UFO subject, which is, uh, I'm really deep into all of those things that we just mentioned, but to specifically go into the Bigfoot thing and what I personally think it is, is that there's a really, really fine line that divides the Bigfoot community. There's a lot of people who do believe that it exists, and if you get into the sightings and all the different cases and the people who talk about it and their experience with it, you start to think, okay, there's a, this is interesting. That maybe they are seeing something because there's like physical traces left behind and and you know a number of park rangers and police officers and so on and so on you have these you know present day situ- cases that are in the thousands and not only that but there are clusters of them specific more specifically in the northwest section of the United States, the the Hoopa Valley, uh, Northern California, Oregon area, and like the Glacier Mountains, the uh, more, like the Hoopa Valley, Hoopa Valley mainly, like the Emerald Triangle, where all the good smoke comes from, and there, it's just very, very prime habitat, huge amounts of forest, more forest and, and national parks than we can really comprehend, unless you look into the actual sizes of them and the the sightings going into the thousands I have a very very detailed map of those sightings and that information came from a gentleman who is named David Politis who bought his bought those archives from one of the longest tenured Bigfoot researchers in that area who collected police reports, verbal reports, like physical sightings, all these different bits of information regarding the topic of Bigfoot. That guy had, he had uh, piled them up over the course of several, 10, 20, 30 years. Well, David Politis, who, a little side note, he's a former police officer. He's who is highly, he's the direct uh, person that is behind the missing person issue, which is an incredibly interesting subject that we'll, we'll get into that later. But um, the whole, with the Bigfoot, that was his first big project. And he was a former police officer, got out of police work, got into, he got his master's degree in tech, got into working in Silicon Valley, had some wealthy people in Silicon Valley that knew his detective work in the past, so they commissioned him because they were all, you know, big in National Park area, uh, out that way, um, out towards the west, Silicon Valley. Is that Las Vegas? 
I want to say, yeah, close by, if not... Uh, Nevada, I believe. It's in Nevada, Nevada, I'm pretty sure. But either way, out that way, that topic is just spread out vastly. That whole Four Corners area close to Roswell. But yeah. He, uh, he was commissioned by those two wealthy people to, to do a project on Bigfoot. They were really intrigued by it, and they wanted to find some information out. So... He goes out and starts getting all these cases, getting all this information, meeting people in person. He's good friends with a lot of Indians who uh, were like uh, natives to the uh, reservations, and they were all, old, old, you know, the uh, I can't remember what they called themselves, but basically like the elders of the reservations who were, and some of them had worked for the park ranger services and stuff, and. You talk to the Indians, and they have cultural connections to the Bigfoots. Yeah, and uh, and they have stories of their, you know, their the ancient their their ancestors communicating with them and actually having uh, connect, like contact with them, trading with them, and them actually being a well not a well developed society, but a highly developed like society of nature if you will like they were one with the the woods and they were think they, they say the reason why we aren't seeing them quite as much is obviously because if people do see them they try to hunt them and they're smart enough to just like a deer just like other animals are smart enough to use their instincts they're similar in that fashion and uh what i think it is is part animal, like you're speaking on, and part human. They, they have actually got human DNA in them, and it's not so bizarre to think of that, because, I mean, we share 97 yeah, or so percent with a lot of uh, orangutans and chimps and stuff like that, so just add a couple more percentage points of human DNA, and who knows what's going to happen, but some of the verbal reports that kind of back this up are hunters who have had Bigfoot in their scopes and they report seeing a mother and a child Bigfoot together and they display human-like characteristics like when you look at them in their face they don't have a lot of hair on the face and they have human-like characteristics and it's, they say the eyes are the big indicator, and you can see the emotion in the eyes. Like, you can see a dog, emotion in a dog's eye or, you know, a cat's eye if it's scared or anything like that. And so they were saying you could truly see this emotion on these creatures and how they would push the child back behind them. And, and some of the other stories that you would hear of families of Bigfoot and uh, just some pretty, pretty bizarre bizarre things that, uh, that that people will say and you know one two three five ten fifteen happen okay maybe the people are just nuts and they're building off of the last one but when it's in the thousands and they have them all mapped out and they're they're clustered in specific areas in certain climates and stuff like that it's like okay maybe there is something to this well then to back that up, David Politis, he does a study on it where they go out and they set up a lot of traps, trail cameras, such and such, uh, food. And it's kind of 
simplistic if you think about it, but they set up food and they set up pieces of clear, like duct tape almost, but it was like clear so you couldn't really see it. Long story short, the food gets taken because they would be in an area highly, highly clustered and so they expected something to happen. But uh, long story short, they have hair follicles that show up on this, uh, this duct tape and the food's gone and um, they get this stuff DNA tested and there's close to a hundred samples of different pieces of hair and uh, it comes up showing human DNA and uh, there's a lot of ifs about that you know could a human could have they could have planted the hair there there's a lot of possibilities but the the things that get interesting is when they start getting into the scientific aspects of the hair and how you have people who identify hair on a microscopic level and each hair on each animal has unique characteristics to it and this hair is unique to the genealogical record or whatever the record of the animals they don't see this hair anywhere else not to mention the DNA that comes back does not show up in the DNA, uh, the DNA databases, and the mother is of some sort of primate, but the father is unknown, and they can't they can't figure out the male side of the DNA, and that's what's really 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 intriguing. And it's just like there's no definitive body or proof that we can look at. Maybe it's like some Jurassic Park shit, and they're and switching. Well, dude, this is where it gets really, <clears throat> really switching Because, I mean, yeah, well, that's where they're, like, switching their sexes. And dependent upon what is necessary. And I I think that's possible because, like, I, cause I, I, you know, I know people hate hearing this because people get really upset. But, you know, a step in the evolutionary chain, if you look at it for humans, is amphibious. And I comment trait of amphibians. Toads, uh, I want to say some fish is the ability to change sex is the ability to, you know, to transcend gender and to, for a necessity, like in order to breed, in order mm -hmm. to, and it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility that if you had kind of this in-between evolutionary step between chimpanzees and like apes and your, all that and human beings that they would have an ability like that, the ability to you know, spontaneously change sex. Yeah. Especially, like, if, like, let's imagine deforestation killed a lot of them. Like, if the lower the population get, the smaller number you have, the more you would need something like that to continue to breed. Man, that's an interesting, interesting thought on that. I had never, like, they could be, like, almost asexual. Yeah, they, in a sense. And, because there are a lot of animals that are like that, that can, not a lot, but there are a few, a few species that can transition from male to female. Or, or yeah, female or male. Yeah, and or become pregnant without having, like, they just have yeah, the sexual are. organs of both sides. Yeah. And that's very intriguing. Very, very intriguing. Which, there's also another, like, this kind of goes down the whole, uh, kind of like Chewbacca. It almost makes you think of Chewbacca. Like, they have, like, they, they have had reports before where there are Bigfoot sightings and orbs and UFO sighting, like, which the unidentified flying object 
acronym or whatever you want to call it can be used to describe everything from a small light that no one can that people don't see up close. It's just a light flying so weirdly. Like a full on flying saucer. Yeah, it's a full on like visual like visual tic tac like they released not too long ago or the classical silver flying saucer disc to any a number of different shapes and it, and it really is what it says. It's just an unidentified Literally. flying object. Yeah. And they, there's been cases, specifically on the Skinwalker Ranch. Have you seen that series? Yeah, Amy? I've seen a lot about Skinwalker Ranch. A lot of there has people that have been billionaires that have been studying that location as a. Some people say like a portal site yeah. or a site where those high energy areas, the ley lines of the Earth, the electromagnetic uh, like side of the Earth that we yeah. can't really see, they cross over and that's where there's these high, high like energy the, sites. The, like the magnetic pulse that the Earth has that moves the tectonic plates, mm -hmm. like that moves the Earth underneath of us. Oh, dude. It, that, that's that's there's more to those energies that than what we can comprehend and there's oh, yeah. reasons why there's a lot of ancient sites this goes into the ancient civilization subject there's reasons why a lot of those places are built on specific ley lines and lines of longitude and in certain areas that are of oh, very yeah. oh, high high well, when energy you look at these like these ancient societies like especially like when you look at the south american societies like, like the Incas and the Mayas and everybody from that era. Machu Picchu, yeah, all Yonte that stuff Combo, is you would think, you would think in just the time, like people don't, it doesn't feel like the earth is moving fast, but the crust moves incredibly fast in frame of like the years. Yeah. So in just the hundreds of years that like have passed since those guys were on the planet, who knows how far those temples and all that stuff has moved, so who knows where they were. <laughs> when they oh. built them and why they built them in that mm -hmm. specific place. That's very interesting. That's a very, very interesting uh, subject on it because it would, definitely it would reflect their their relative location on this, in terms of longitude and latitude if they granted how I, I would like to see because a lot of the civilizations that we're finding are the oldest one dating back Gobekli Tepe and it's around 10 or so thousand years that because they're in the early section the new the the younger area of the site and they still have about 80 or so percent of it to excavate and it they say that it's only going to get older as they go farther because it's deeper down and it will just get older, but the first section of it that they found has dated back close to ten to 12,000 years. The tectonic movement, how recently has that happened? Because it takes long, I mean, eons, I believe, for those changes to occur. I, would, I wonder when, what was the most recent occurrence of noticeable movement yeah and because i think that the civilizations the lot which a lot of them granted there were probably ones built back in those ancient eons because there's a lot of like the uh eastern philosophies that talk about life cycles that the earth goes through that yeah. date back they go through two thousand year cycles they go through it goes through ten thousand year cycles it goes through 
100 and 250,000 year cycles, a lot of it relative to the location in the solar system, and that will correlate with changes that will happen on the Earth, the rising of water and things like that, the occurrence of meteor strikes and, and all those different things. When we get closer to exoplanets and other planets in the solar systems, the gravitational effect changes, and so you'll see natural disasters that'll occur, and that is a theory that uh, could have contributed to the great flood that is spoken yeah. of in like 200 different ancient civilizations in their, uh, in their legends. If they are legends, yeah, <laughs> it's, it just it goes so far back. But in, either way, those sites—that was a really interesting point that you made. I would, because I, I'm sure we'll find ones that do go back several hundred thousand years. I mean, me and Devin spoke briefly on the out of place artifacts in the last cast we did, with, in the last cast I did with him, where they they're finding artifacts that are in bits of stone that are a million years old and oh, yeah. it's completely unexplained like an anomaly like how do you find a piece of a, like a gear that is 2,000 years old in the bottom of the ocean that was like part of an actual device that they used to uh, navigate and it was like uh, it, it kept track of the solar cycles and stuff and this was found on a pirate ship in the ocean that dated back 2,000 years, right over 2,000 years old. And that was one of the early ones. They also found a chip that was embedded, like a literal microchip that was embedded in a rock that was several, I can't, I don't want to say the specific number, it was well over 10,000 years old. And then the oldest thing they found was like a hammer that was in some volcanic rock that was dating back to like the Permian period or something back like when the dinosaurs were here and it's just like some of those things uh, completely unexplained a lot of it goes over my head so I can't even try to get I, I can't even well, there's, I mean, there's so much of the, the world that's unexplored and unlooked at and you know like especially with these ancient societies again like with the like when you're talking about like the, like it doesn't take a long time to move it takes such a long time for these plates to move, but also these societies where, you know, they were so advanced when it came to mathematics and measurements and stuff that you would feel like even just the slightest change mm -hmm. might change the intention. And like you said, that we there's not only that, there's so much more we haven't found because it's buried so deep in sediment and, you know, because the things have gone underwater. And not only that, when you look at, like, museums like the British Museum like that stuff is all taken from the you know mm -hmm. you know people's ancient societies and people's stuff like that and you have so much of that so who knows what has been lost to history and what has been you know just hasn't been discovered yet well it makes total it makes total sense because it took me a second but I, I just thought about it after you'd mentioned the movement it it would make total sense that there was something going on because there's a guy, Graham Hancock, who goes into a lot of these ancient sites and how there will, there are very specific like designs in them where if you you can go into like astronomy and you can they have like uh, 
what's it, softwares basically that they've designed that 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 have the position of the stars currently, and then if you start to scale it back by a hundred years, two hundred years, however far back you want to go, it will show the placement of the stars at that time, and there's a lot of evidence that's showing that the placement of the pyramids is directly correlated with the uh, Sirius star system and several of the other ancient sites are directly correlated with placements of the stars and like the constellations like they'll they'll face a corner or a point of the uh, the uh, site to directly face or look at the uh, star system that they're wanting to, I guess, highlight, like the Sirius is a big one, um, and a few others that uh, get, get pretty, that they use quite a bit as well. Uh, Sirius is the main one that I can remember, but that... I haven't touched on it for quite some time. I, I'm gonna look into these notes and see if I have anything. Do you have anything wrote down? Yeah. I can get this camera set up for you. Yeah, the uh, cave paintings of the ancient civilizations, they have uh, star systems, Orion and Sirius, um, Pleiadian, the Pleiadian star systems, that's another one that, uh, that are put on these cave paintings and in, and depicted in hieroglyphs and stuff like that. And it'll show these clusters of three or five stars. That I don't know why I've been having such technical difficulties recently, but I'm going to have to investigate uh, some shit. Troubleshoot. I'm getting real tired of this. Yeah, no doubt. But you were talking about the star constellations and stuff like that. Yeah, just uh, the ancient civilizations and uh, how they depict them a lot in ancient cave paintings. And, and there's a lot of even African tribes who haven't had con contact with modern society that um, we have recently come into contact with and ask them, you know, about their culture and their heritage. And they'll talk about their ancestors coming from the... Uh, serious star system and stuff like that and they point to the sky and, and, and stuff like that and it's just where did that come from you know somebody who's not got any access to modern culture or modern information they have no idea what uh, our you know normal human history is that is told and here they are saying that they've gotten all their knowledge and their uh and information from the gods from the Sirius star system. And they have these wild rituals that they do where they'll dress themselves up as uh, and paint themselves in all these different, like red and white. And they use like inks that they'll make from different flowers. And then they take all kinds of these reeds and tie them to themselves and do these wild dances that are like worshiping their quote-unquote gods and whatnot and just a very very intriguing su su subject that uh, you can just go on and on and on and on and on about it but uh, but yeah that one's a big one uh, 
kind of, I mean, if kind of to go back to the whole Bigfoot subject, some of the, uh, and you kind of mentioned how it was a kind of a DNA thing and there being a, a kind of some, some connections to the DNA of them. And it's interesting because there's been a lot of giants, giant skeletons that have actually been found. Those always get kind of brushed under the rug and the smithsonian is where a lot of them will go they in america they found a lot of them in like ancient not ancient but early burial mounds from like native americans and native americans interestingly goes back to the connection they had they talked about trades and and contact and communication with tribes of bigfoot way back in the day and they actually even have them in like murals if you sh- they, there's a mural that'll sh- that shows a large hairy man and these legends and myths are worldwide there's the the Yaren and the yeti and the hairy man uh the uh a uh, few others that i can't think of but there's just these legends all over the world and it's not just secluded to one place and then you have all these bodies being found not necessarily saying that the giants uh are the bigfoot bodies that were buried but could have had some connection to it come some dna connection and uh goes way back like have you ever got into the giant skeletons at all and seen the amount of them that they've found and uh and where they take them to and like they're how big they are like seven to ten feet uh, tall <clears throat> a lot of intense research about it now um there's a really really interesting i have a really interesting book on it that i mean it's got news articles newspaper articles uh dating back to early not or late 1800s talking about giant skeleton found in local burial mound and da 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 And they wanted to start, they started to try to cover it up because a really cool aspect of the skeletons were that they are uh, elongated skulls. The skulls are elongated on them and they don't have a uh, sagittal suture. It's not like a human skull. It's just... Normally, skull splits on the top. Their skulls don't split. There's no sutures, and they can't explain it. Some of them have double rows of teeth, which is another unexplained phenomenon. Interestingly enough, one of the closest, uh, one of the closest body or actual giant skeletons that's been found in a local area was. Uh, Jackson County, Indiana. Jackson County, Indiana. Yes, sir. What a fun time. That's old Jackson <laughs> County. I've been yeah. to Jackson County a couple times in my life. Jennings County. Jennings I apologize. County. It, one of the largest finds on record happened in Jennings County, Indiana in 1885. There was uh, around 1885. It was in 1881 specifically. And there was a nine-foot skeleton in a local mound that was found with a blonde haired child and uh there's a lot of uh stories uh, in the whole et ufo ancient 
subject because they kind of all connect together. UFOs and the ETs being an ancient civilization, kind of you've all we've all heard of the ancient aliens type thing. It's aliens get this big uh, stigma placed on them that it's a little green man like Roswell. You know, they're one of the reports that they are here, but um, there's a lot of different ones. Obviously, there's a trillion, billion, quintillion planets. There's if there is that life out there there's going to be a lot of variety yeah if it is and uh there's been a lot of reports the ones that we do have a lot of them being from government officials presidents like you were seeing in that unacknowledged documentary talking about contact with everything from three foot grays to the tall whites who are a race of tall white giants of blonde hair and blue-eyed heritage that have been around for a very long time. And each one of the races has their own, I guess, uh, uh, objective to what they're doing. Most of them that are still involved, from what the sources say, is that they're concerned and you kind of you can kind of bring up the alien ant farm theory where there's been a lot of dna manipulations over time either done by a a race of ets who were wanting to control it or some people would say the god the gods that somehow got us to higher power if you will yeah and that somehow got us to where we are today and a and and having a variety of different species that are very similar and it's uh it's wild because you know you can have a dog but have multiple different breeds same with humans you know there's a lot of different breeds of humans but we're all we all share human dna well i uh going back on the dna manipulation it there's actually got there's a source her name's linda moulton howe and she reports on the subject she has been she started off she's a stanford grad reporter highly highly credible lady and she started with the cattle mutilation she started in mainstream news but got away from it because of the censorship and started doing reports on like cattle mutilations and the crop circles which is another insane insane uh phenomenon that i like i enjoy it but it's not like one of the major ones but it's there's some it's kind of a accessory subject to some of the ufo and how some of the crop circles show up right next to observatories and there's fields in in like scotland or like close to stonehenge that they like will inherently show up in these singular fields and there's you know sure there's been guys that come out and say yeah we can do that circle and they'll make a you know they'll press down a circle in a few hours time on their you know on video with a big board and they'll press it down but there's definitive breaks in all of the uh vegetation versus when you find a real one a real crop circle there's layering that goes on in the in the vegetation that's laid down where the the bottom like the layer of 
crops that gets swirl like it, it, they show it on the ground and it's like it's a swirl like you can see a swirl pattern if it's like a circle and you can see it's like a it's like a swirl and the material like the each individual strand of ve the vegetation or reed is literally almost braided into the next like it's like a quilt almost and there will be a break point where there's a node that appears and it's because the reed has been superheated to a very high temperature and it's actually exploded from the inside out and it just lays right over it's not been broken there's a definitive difference you can obviously see it if you're a person who's investigating it and normal person can't that's not something that they can see. pick up on you. Yeah. yeah, and you have to be looking for it. And um, just some of the just there's a real bad. I mean, it's pretty badass to be honest. There's a episode of Ancient Aliens uh, where this guy he founds. It's called the Roswell Rock, and it's this dude who found this rock who has this wild geometric pattern. It looks like it was pressed in like pressed on the rock it the 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 actual the actual like geometric pattern is elevated on the up from the top of the rock but it's all like if you look at it on a microscopic level it's all perfect right angles and it's like it was just like just perfect precision perfect precision not able to be mimicked they tried to have a sandblaster mimic the shape obvious differences and a really weird coincidence, quote unquote, was that that exact same geometric pattern that was found in this Roswell rock in New Mexico shows up in Scotland in a crop circle. Bam. Yeah. That's hard to, that's hard, hard to, to, and it's on a, like on a level of pre precision. That's not, gonna, I mean, who's going to hoax a perfectly precision carved rock? that's made of a multitude of different rocks. It's not local to the area of Roswell. They did all these uh, studies on it. This guy was just walking through the desert, looked down, found it. Per I mean, it's if you look up the Roswell rock, you'll see it. And then you can look up the crop circle and just the like complexity of it is more than, uh, yeah, see, right on the one on the right, one on the left. There they are. Who can do that? Like what? Why would that? What's the? <laughs> it's such an in-depth conspiracy theory. That's such a, I mean, like an in-depth. If you would be faking it, it's something you'd have to do so in-depth. Plus, crop circles would be so hard to make. I feel like that's so much time and effort. Someone would see you. And because they're so big, I mean, they're so 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 big. It uh, but yeah, that's the picture of that rock, and then that same exact the opposite. It's inverted. So the. The shapes and the symbols are coming up on the uh, crop circle versus they're in, they're depressed down into the rock, and it's just a that's just wild. That's one of the very interesting uh, hows. How did the how the hell did that happen? <laughs> <laughs> how did that go down? Yeah, and um, that one. That one has uh, always perplexed me, and uh, but yeah, that's that's one of the one of the few things that's highly. I'm gonna look at my notes here for a second, see if there's anything that we haven't touched on. 
um, abductions. That's a really another really really interesting side yeah, of abductions the abductions are fascinating. Well, one of the things that you brought up, like that, one of the things I had wrote down was where you talked about how you like the unnatural missing persons cases, but that's something that brought up with me, like David Politis. Yeah, like, um, like he is. That's what he is currently. In. He done. He wrote his two books on Bigfoot. I've got both of those. I've got his uh, map, which shows all the sightings and uh, their location in that uh, northern California area. Um, but he's also got a series of missing 411 books. Missing 411 stands for the missing information. 411 is just the he. I told you yeah. he had a p- police background. What's the 411? You know, and. His series is Missing 411, and he has like 10 or 11 books that cover basically the entire Canadian-American, like North American area, Uh, mainly in the uh, United States, different states and areas in the U.S., Uh, and then he goes up into Canada a little bit, but... uh, the, and he says that the, the, the phenomenon isn't exclusive to that area. He just has a lot of barriers that let that he can do research in other countries, language, resources, distance, etc. But the research that he does here is he basically will collect any and all missing person reports that he can that are kind of wild, that are not explained by murder, suicide, trafficking, uh, just the basic explanations that you can see. The normal things that you would say. They they vet all that out. And what you have left are just these perplexing, perplexing cases of people. Missing people, yeah. And the connections between all of them, um, some of them being close to water. There's always a weird weather event that will happen. Um there's a lot of times uh, uh, um, a separation point where they will get separated from the rest of their group or they'll be alone. And long story short, these people are just gone and they will disappear. They won't find, 90% of the time, they won't find any remains. Other times they'll find remains in previously searched areas. Sometimes they will be one year, two year, three years after it originally happened in locations that were searched multiple, multiple times. Um, then there's different categories of the people, hunters, children, uh, 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 elderly people. Uh, those are some of the main ones. Um, and the, 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 the details behind the disappearances are what are so weird and how you'll have a person, a kid who's with his family and in a matter of seconds, you know, they lose sight of him. He goes around a corner, gone. Uh, a hunter who kind of goes off in, on his own with a group of people, uh, three hours goes by and they call, try to call them all in and, you know, and then gone. And it's an 80-year-old man who was supposed to be in a specific location. Everybody knows he wasn't going to go anywhere. And he can't walk or run that far. And then they search the whole area, grid search, for 7 or 8 days, 13 days. And 
um, never find never anything. find him. And then you'll find, or they'll it'll be a child who gets found up a two thousand foot rock face. Yeah, and uh, it's like how this little three year old kid climbed this two thousand foot mountain, and then. Another odd thing is like the pair of shoes will be just placed there. Like it's like they're just perfectly placed. Like you didn't just take them off. They were just placed perfectly there. And then. Well, they didn't come like come off in a struggle. No. And it was uh, the two, two of the main hunters want, or two of the main cases. One's Jared Adadero from Colorado. He's a little three-year-old boy. And then there was another one of a hunter who went missing and, um, his was absolutely bizarre because they found his body, his skull and stuff, right next to a house. Like it was in visual distance of of a of a house, and um, he could have easily went and rescued himself. But I get I, something went wrong, you know. And they'll sometimes they'll find the clothes just stacked in the in the pile. Sometimes they won't. It's uh, that one is really hard for me to get explained very well because there's just so many missing persons cases yeah. that are easily just explained later on down the road. With his, there's just that because they go back and there'll be clusters. That's the biggest, biggest thing is they're so clustered, sometimes within miles and sometimes within a visual distance. And he has done there's government officials who say that his work is directly correlated to the skinwalker ranch stuff that's going on and the portals that they get into well there's a astrophysicist i believe that he speaks with in one of his documentaries he does that is doing work and he he tells him he says dave he says portals are real it's not a question anymore. We know this for a fact. There are places in the, on the planet that open up that are basically high-energy vortexes. And um, it's the human body does not agree with that. And they're figuring out now whether or not the, the portals and that energy is, is able to be manipulated. And if you can control the like select where it goes kind of like star trek type yeah. stuff and they say it's not a question if they're real it's the question of how can we harness them yeah how can we use this and in his most recent documentary dave politis brings up a, a case i brought up the abduction subject he brings up a case of an older man he recently passed away who has this story that he was abducted by the civil, like an alien, like by a ship, a craft. And, but it wasn't like a gray alien. It was like a person. And uh, he called himself Otzi. And it was real weird. Like they always have like such a detailed description and they're not like someone who's excited. Like they're saying, I'm going to, I'm trying to convince you like this happened to me. And he's just like, I was going hunting, elk hunting out there to the north corner of the woods, and uh, I come up on this group of elk, and they're sitting completely still, frozen, and he don't know why. So he takes a shot. The bullet stops. Like, it hits a force field, basically, in the middle of the air, and it just falls to the ground. So he goes to collect the bullet, and 
that's when he gets contacted by this being and says, you want to come up with us? And long story short, he had had a vasectomy. He wasn't uh, fertile. And they said that they're not. He was not. What not they, interested. Yeah, they can't. <clears throat> and it's so interesting that that was the reason he claimed that they didn't want him because a lot of other abduction cases, if you look into them, Professor John Mack has done a big, he was a Harvard professor. Uh, he was killed in a weird car-ish incident, a hit and run over when he was on vacation after he had released all of this information on UFO and abductions and these people and their experiences and how he did like a thousand of them and they all have very similar similar experiences yeah they all have very similar and then he just dies out of nowhere and it's just like well maybe he was one of those they wanted to quiet down a little bit and uh that they talk about them doing experiments on them involving fertility and some of them even having hybrid children that they've met in uh instances and it's uh, it gets deep dude it gets super 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 deep don't we don't have i definitely don't have the time to, to get too far into it today because i don't want to i don't want to bore you too too much <laughs> I mean, it's I, uh i haven't been bored this whole time i've had a great time yeah it's been a, it's been super super fun man and uh yeah there's just that whole that's kind of what i was mentioning i you that's why i was so I, 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 you got to keep me in in line, so to speak, because I will, good. I'll go off onto uh, a lot of different tangents, and that's why I'm so dead set on putting together some sort of a like a presentation or a book or ebook or something of that nature, or just a website, your own, your own kind of thing. Yeah, because like there's like I was telling Devin, I've got this little like this is the basic notes, and it's my book book or whatever you want to call it title is there's definitely something more to all of this and because whenever you get into that vast bubble or hole or rabbit hole whatever rabbit cave (laughs) rabbit (laughs) rabbit whatever massive hole of information and you start to see and they're but they're not connected like it's not a singular source of like info that the per someone has put together it's a vast variety of sources hundreds and i have tons of books on all of these different things that dive deep deep into it that you're just like this isn't just hoopla this isn't just people trying to get famous on the internet definitely there are those that are trying to get some sort of fame but then there's definitely the uh, other sect that are fully dedicated and committed to unveiling the truth of what they've experienced and the i salute all of those people okay and um and that's what like i want to be the lower level voice for all of them for people because a lot of people are just we just get distracted by the basic stuff the basic you know we have substances, different hobbies and habits that are just local to us that we have quick access to. And some of the stuff that you have to really, really dive into and you don't get much out of it. I'll be straight up honest with you. There's no real no return in terms of finances or popularity or anything like that. A lot of times people in this stuff will tell you that they've probably had negative 
experience from it because of the people you know they'll just not you know knock you just brush it off and tell you you're crazy i mean i have my best friend uh tells me i mean he tells me every single time and i'm just because he's a full-fledged skeptic and but he's starting to come around because i've been onto it for so long and i keep presenting these little facts like it's pure fact that you can't refute it and there's just it makes you start to think like okay well, there's grain <clears throat> grains of truth in every conspiracy theory like yeah. even in the ones that are super unbelievable yeah. there is a grain of some factual information in there somewhere. and that's where that's what i'm trying to dig out and figure out the difference between it and like for example you know a real basic level ancient civilization topic the grant the great pyramids in giza and not only there but a lot of those other civilizations machu picchu ayante tambo uh Sacsayhuaman, um nan madal there are these massive massive complexes of stone that we that rival our capabilities currently and some of them we could not we could not replicate it 1100 ton monoliths no exaggeration one 1100 tons of weight a singular monolith that is carved out of the earth from what looks like a scooping mechanism like it's the most bizarre and it's in stone these things are all in stone so it's not like someone and like they'll claim the pyramids in egypt that one i was just talking to you about it's located a little bit uh i believe it's actually in lebanon close to the uh that's like a there's a some a lot of religious stuff going on in that area lebanon and um that's where they say like the seed of civilization that whole like uh whatever they call it the fertile crescent or whatever where like egypt and all up into like that middle eastern area there's been there's so much religious history there and but the wars just destroy all of it uh these massive complexes that are just dug straight into bedrock but they're thousands and thousands of years old like i mean we're talking there's a temple dug down into the bedrock like it's just a massive like a massive wall of granite but they dug and it's shaped into like a cross and they dug all the rock from around it out but it's all perfect right angles and precision and you get into the uh you magnify it and you have like people who are in the subject like in the do the work today like are in the stone cutting like machine shops and stuff and they'll compare the stones cut back then to a diamond cut rock today like because you have to use diamond saws to cut some of the stuff because it gets so hard and you'll have egyptologists saying that it was done with a copper chisel and it's like it's not even hard enough to scratch the granite on the hardness scale like if you try to uh, chisel granite down with copper it's going to just dull the copper. It barely scratches the granite. And they're sitting here com com uh, saying that all these places were done by ancient, ignorant people, basically, just carrying rocks around with ropes and pulleys. And that's I'm not buying that. You cannot 
buy that because some of that stuff, millions and millions of tons of stones carried. The quarries are 400 miles away at the other side of a sandy desert. How are they going to roll ton, several tons, some of them being 70 tons a piece over a bunch of sand on wood planks and then use rope pulleys to lift it up 400 feet into the air. People made different, bro. The Egyptian people made different (laughs) back then. They're made of something different. They're made different. Because, dude, I mean, it is, which they, which the, that's the thing, though. They'll have saw cuts in some of the unfinished portions of uh, the rocks, and the saw cuts don't line up to the, they aren't equivalent to the diamond cut. So they don't know it was not diamond cut. They, it doesn't look like laser either in the comparisons under the scopes. So they can't really explain what it is. And that's just the coolest part about all of it is people think they have the answer, but really. Nobody has any idea. No. About anything. No. <laughs> it's just, it sucks. Because yeah, <laughs> you want to know. <laughs> uh, well, I only have two more things that I have personally for you. Uh, cool. The first one is a segment I like to do where I ask people the question about hot, little spicy takes that I have. Sure. Ask am I wrong about this? And the one I, I have like for it. you is that the year 2016 ruined everything. And I want you to really it. think about this. Not just the Trump thing. That's not what I'm talking about. That's part of it. That's not the big thing. But in like 2016, like really think back to the year 2016. That was the last year that we were like really allowed to enjoy things. Oh, dude. I... I Because now you can like comedians are only allowed to tell certain jokes it feels like you can't do certain things on television you can't say certain things and it feels like that all started around then and i oh. and i don't blame trump but he's it's feel like that's a big part of it is that oh. when it became popular to not care about people yeah to dis to to just not even not care but this idea that you have to censor people that you have mm-hmm. to Take their voice, take their platform away from them. First off, like I've always said, that's not the right move. Mm -hmm. If you're going to, if the only way to combat false information is with correct information. Yeah. But I just, it it feels like we're just on a path since 2016. Because a big one I wanted to bring up, like politically, like one of the things I talk about with politics is back in like 2008. Because that's what everyone talks about now. They're like, oh, like, oh we have a, an idiot as the president. I don't think any of us would say that George W. Bush was a smart man. Yeah. <laughs> so we've had an idiot as the president before. The difference is everybody is so much more invested now. And maybe part of that's COVID. Mm-hmm. Maybe part of that's because people had to sit in their house for a year and a half. Yeah. But they, they need it, it to feel... feels like in 2016, when it comes to politically specifically, and it, it almost spiderwebs from this into the culture. In 2016, it felt like everyone cared intensely more than they had in a long time because Trump was running. Because mm-hmm. it, like they made him out to be this insane, na- like unnaturalistic threat to democracy. Mm-hmm. And ever since then, like that's how we've treated every election. Like every every single election has this dire 
like right now consequences when in reality things have been in motion for decades and oh, decades yeah. and decades. Yeah. And I think my problem is like when you look at like because in 2016 because I'll give you just a little quick voting history for me part of the reason I, I did this segment. In 2016 I didn't vote because the the candidates were the world's evilest grandma and you know a con artist essentially and i was like well i'm not gonna vote and then i voted last election in 2020 but i voted i voted for joe biden and here's why i'll explain it because i was told by people who by all these people like oh once trump gets out of office everything will calm down like it won't be as intense it won't, like people won't care as much it'll go back to the way it was before and i would like to say it has not gone back to the way it was before. I was y'all lied to me. I was deceived. I was bamboozled. I was led astray. I was run amok. I was like, this is this has not gotten any better, guys. Well, people, I mean, we crave that feeling of being right. And what's the easiest way to get that is picking something that's going to have implications on nearly every single person in the country well every single person in the country and someone's want they want to be part of something that's greater than their self and whether it's a sports team or whatever it is you want to be able to say yeah my side won i was told i told you so that's just the human nature's competitiveness and at this point i think it's been so watered down and just people i don't even think there's a political like foundation for the in the majority of what people vote for i mean i would venture to say there's a vast vast uh population of people who vote simply based on the color (laughs) and they say i like i like the color red more i don't even care what the politics behind it is i like the color blue more for a lot of people it's just like it's who their parents have like and all that oh stuff. there's like, just so many there's well, not, only that, not only that it's just i think a lot of people don't want the burden anymore of like because policy like because it's like everything is so nasty and it, it's bled into the culture like when you look at the way people talk about movies and the way people talk about video games and the way people talk like i'll like the thing for me is everyone's taught like right now the mario movie that just came out mm. everyone's taught like all of these super right-wing youtube channels are talking about how it's this non-woke movie and it's super successful when i've seen the movie i'm here to tell you all it has a lot of quote-unquote woke messaging in it yeah like princess peach is a full-on badass in this movie and i don't have a problem with it i'm just saying i don't know where people get the and i think it's become it's like the culture war as it's called like this idea that we just are diametrically opposed on everything like everything is somehow everything that's my issue when i say 2016 ruined everything because 2016 politicized so much with trump and i think like not everything yeah not well not every piece of media not every single fabric of society has to have a political message sometimes you can just enjoy stuff and it seems like you can't do that anymore. Like, I can't watch a fucking Mario movie without people trying to tell me the political yeah. messaging in between. Oh, it. man, dude. It's, it's, a, it's a movie about a plumber trying to save his brother from a dinosaur. Don't doubt. Just let me have Just a little bit of fun. God. Jesus. They've got a like subliminal. Last year when I went to watch 
because my fiance bought a private theater when we saw the Batman, and everybody talked about how Batman is fascist because he beats up mostly black and brown people. I'm like, listen, he is oh a God. fucking billionaire who dresses as a bat and fights crime. It's not that deep. Leave him alone. It doesn't have to be this deep all the God. time. We don't have oh, to get every. Not everything has to be dissected to the 18th degree. I was watching. I can't. I'm trying to think what it was a little bit earlier today, just a little bit earlier, and it was basically directly correlated with what you were just saying and how there's got to be some sort of a message in every action that is taken on screen, or you know, if this, if a woman gets shoved down, then that director is sexist or it, it like what my I, what i directly what i'm speaking on is there was an espn uh, sports channel that i watch who uh his name was jalen rose and i don't know for a hundred percent fact that he is totally removed but it was showing that he is has been or is going to be removed from espn because he like did the full reach around hug like it wasn't like a like a Christian no, like side a hug, like where you just like kind of hold your hand back behind him. But he like he he was one of his colleagues on ESPN. She was a female, and he like they were doing a segment, and then he got or they got something right, or he got something right, or was or had made a good point or something. He was like, oh yeah, he maybe I think he won like a challenge they were doing or something. Got maybe a draft pick or something right. I don't know, but. Whatever it was, he was kind of like celebrating, and then they were all like, yeah. And then he kind of like reached over and put his hand around this girl. He like works with her, and just like hand on the shoulder. Like it was just like a full, like a, just a shoulder Nothing hug. Obviously, she complains about it. He's off the show. He's like, she That's felt like, threatened. What just happened to Michael Irvin? And like in the sense of that, like, first off, I'm very highly in like women normally don't make accusations like this without them being true most mm -hmm. of them don't have a reason to lie but every once in a while you'll get someone who's a fucking crazy person yeah yeah and like this lady said that i can't even remember what she said he said but he said something or made some kind of lewd gesture and luckily for you know, it was in a hotel he was checking into a hotel for pro bowl to do coverage on the pro i think the super bowl actually and this lady who's taking his baggage told like said that he said something inappropriate to her. i can't remember what even what he was said but he's got lucky because there are people in the lobby with him that backed him up. That was just like I didn't hear anything that he said that was inappropriate. But he, this to show you how quick he immediately got pulled from Super Bowl coverage. And this was something an accusation that like two or three people immediately backed him up and were like, "No, that what she's saying is not true." Man, and it's just like people's career and reputations can be legitimately tarnished, even if it's false. And it's just the idea that and like you what you connected said to that the idea that like. Because it's something that's very near and dear to my heart. Because like when I went, we talked about going to college, and I went to college. I went for public relations, but something I really like. I always loved movies and filmmaking, and I ended up taking a lot of filmmaking classes. And I wish I had done that. But understanding filmmaking, like every the action of your characters, every action your characters take, if you're writing something that I think like that's good, has meaning and purpose, but not necessarily a message. Like not everything a character does is meant to be. Some kind of Subliminal. like, yeah, deep third degree reflection of society. Sometimes you're just trying to get your story from point A story. to point B. Yeah, it's a story about, you know, characters. And it's, I think people lose that sometimes. It's like a lot of these things are made for entertainment. It's, does, it's not as deep as, now some movies, you know, clearly there are some movies that when you watch them, 
it is a little unless it's done really well it's kind of exhausting to do the whole like trying to send you a message thing and i just i i don't know but not everything has to be that not everything has to have a deeper subliminal meaning it's weird how you're kind of introduced to that early in life yeah disney disney is some of the most subliminally like like some have some of the most odd subliminal messages yeah that's true and they're one of the biggest ones there are but then again you can always tell when you've come across a good film where the director was not biased and wasn't trying to slip in the like the right not the director necessarily but the writers the producer whoever the creative forces yeah. behind the film. They weren't trying to slip that in to kind of cater to modern day society. It's like adding Superman as a bisexual like element. I whatever. think his I think his son because I do I've read the comic books. His son is bisexual. Mm-hmm. And was that like was that from the origin? Like, has well, always... my question is like when you make these decisions, is this? because creatively you have a story you want to tell you have an interesting place to go with this and you're like we need to make this change because this is where i want to take the character Mm -hmm. or are you doing it because it makes you look like you are inclusive and create and that's my issue a lot with creativity like when people talk about like women directors and and i have no problem with that my whole point when it comes to like storytelling is like do you have an interest like do you have an interesting story to tell that would look that would be something that we could make mm-hmm. put on screen mm-hmm. and it's a similar thing like you said like with superman like is it do you have an interesting story because then nothing i could buy him if, yeah nothing if, against that for sure if but. you have if you have a story that you are a place you were going towards and all right i could buy superman's son being bisexual but, uh-huh. I, but if you're just doing it because you want people to click on your articles and read more, you know. And it's just so hard to discern because no one knows yeah. for sure what the intention was behind it. All you know well, is not only that, the it's, reaction. You look at, like, another thing people don't talk about, like they don't take into account. Now, that when we do these super dissections of movies and try to decide whether or not people who make movies are racist based on the movies they make, which is insane to me, <laughs> is you don't have, like, you don't take into account, like, studio interference. Mm-hmm. Like, these movie studios and people don't ever talk about it and that's something that blows my mind like these movie studios have a lot of power like you see the like when you have an executive producer label on you that means you are basically the guy with all the money Mm -hmm. so you get to make a lot of the decisions Mm -hmm. and they're like warner brothers is the worst really bad about it miramax is really bad about it like historically where they will just step in and flat out like rewrite stuff and mm. make like make full on creative choices that they overrule, and mm. I feel like studios are inclined because their only goal is to make money. Their only goal is to cre- recoup a profit from the money they spend on making the movie. Mm-hmm. They are probably more inclined to do shit like that because yeah. it, just for a shock value, even if it doesn't fit the story, is and when you are as a creative person are forced to try to. Like, if you have a story in mind and then something is shoved into it that doesn't work, you just kind of have to work with what you have at that point and figure it out. And I think that happens a lot. I think with because of the branding, and, and you've always seen it happen, like, in the two, early 2000s with all those movies. Mm-hmm. It, and it's just... it Because, obviously, the goal is going to be to turn profit. You can't... Oh, yeah. Not e- unless you're just a... That's kind of my point. Like, ever since 2016, the way to turn profit is to 
make some kind of political message with your oh, fucking yeah. movie. He's like, yeah, some Which, claim. Or oh, and some... I'm just, I'm so tired. I'm so glad we're, I'm so glad finally, like 2023 feels like the first year in a long time that people have just finally said, all right, we're done doing this. Uh, yeah. We're just going to make movies that look like they're going to be good movies. And I'm just like, thank God that we have got past this point. Yes. A I've, bit. There are a couple movies. I mean, there's been some good movie series that i some of my favorite i like the john wick series that looks great i like uh equalizer uh with uh, denzel washington he's got a good series uh movies similar in concept assassin related uh always i mean taken uh, there's a theme here going yeah, on uh, I mean, like the revenge like the punisher theme kind of punisher was one of the very first ones i can remember that kind of took on that did you watch the uh, Netflix series? I've not watched the Netflix. I'm talking about uh, the very the Thomas original Jane one. one. Yeah, the uh, Thomas Jane one from 04. Fought the big blonde Where dude. he fights, uh, it's Kevin Nash, the pro wrestler. Is that who it yeah. is? Yeah. Yeah, he's like a, like a Russian dude. Looking. Yeah, he's that, and then he fights the dude with the guitar. Oh, yeah. That was, that was one of my, that was the very first, that one, and then there was a movie with Kevin Bacon, where he, um... I know what you're. I feel like I know the movie you're talking about. It was uh, where his family gets murdered, and then he goes on this massive vengeful. He's like, I gotta kill everybody. I'm pretty sure John Those are the Goodman. Best. Those are the best. I, I, I'm with you. I think John Wick's probably my favorite of the genre. You seen I'm the a, fourth one? No, not yet. I, I want get, to. I want to so bad. I, I, I might. I've been planning. I've, I've been planning on renting it, but they damn charge twenty bucks. Yeah, I'm just renting it. Go to the theater. Oh yeah, fuck. I mean, if I'm gonna spend twenty dollars on a movie, I'm going to the movie theater, baby. <laughs> but I'm again, as a cinema nerd, the movie theater is a a safe place for me. I just feel at oh, home. I, that is, yeah, I've always loved. Like I I'll tell you what, I want to see is that new Evil Dead movie. I have oh, I, I got away from horror, like the. Exorcist, like the original Exorcist, like I that movie just scarred me. I always liked the Jason Voorhees, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, oh God, Halloween. Yeah, the that's stereotypical. Your movie. stereotypical slasher flicks. Yeah, and uh, but the possession ones, dude, for whatever reason. That's because they're like fucking I, scary, it's dude. Like I can feel first things first. A part of the reason they're scary. I've said this before to people, is. In real life, that were people. The most of that was people with mental illnesses before we knew what mental illnesses were. And I'm just like, God, dude, could you imagine being a schizophrenic and people holding you down while a dude yelled Bible verses at you? That would be you would never recover from that. No, no. As a human uh, being, uh, uh, and I'm like, and was... I'm like, and then you have the cases where like you're you're like, I don't really know what's going on there. <laughs> Some scary shit. Yeah, and some of them actually basing them off of, like, the exorcist. I'm pretty sure it was based off of... Uh, oh, yeah, real exorcisms. Yeah, and some of those... Now, you got to be careful with that, though, because I will say, as a, I'm a giant horror fan, but they do have a tendency to be, like, based on a true story, and what they mean by that is she's like, oh, I heard some weird noise. I heard some <laughs> weird noises in the night, and they're like, bees came out of your toilet? Got it. <laughs> like, definitely definitely going to be some mental illness core connections to that there has to be um, oh yeah well i would say i would say there's probably like a lot of that because again like back in the day when exorcisms were real big people didn't have a lot of information like you wouldn't know what these mental illnesses even were i wouldn't even know that i mean like if you like you said if you didn't know sigmund freud oh yeah if you didn't know like 
like someone who's a manic bipolar. If you didn't know what that was, They're you would be convinced so someone was possessed. Because I have friends growing up that said, dude, I had voices tell me to wreck my car into a pole and stuff. And they ended up, like, I mean, they didn't end up do too good. And, you yeah. know, it was mental illness before we knew what mental illness was. And it was just like, bro, you're okay. And like, yeah. I would say to a degree, I think everyone struggles with a sort of a mental illness, whether it be a depression, like a low-level basic depression, or all the way. Oh, yeah, everyone, everyone struggles with some kind of, there are some of those that Although I guess, me off where they're just happy. Yeah, super so normal, well-adjusted adults, and you're just like, how did you do that? How did you just skate through this world without having any dramas? Like, I guess ignorance truly is bliss. And like, I mean, yeah, term. it makes like, you so angry that they're so happy. Damn, why did I have to see all this shit yeah, you're, that I've seen? You're just like, like hold on, bro. <laughs> Telling me life has just been A-okay for you? Yeah. That's the worst. When they're yeah. just like, oh, they, they think back and you can tell, like, the worst kind of people is you're like, what's the worst thing that's ever happened to you? And then they think about it for a while, and they're like, oh, I guess it has been pretty good. And you're like, fuck you. Oh, gosh. Because you're like, I have to think about it because there's so many things that I'm just like, well, I don't know. It could be this, or it could be this. So this is that, uh, those lessons they tell us about. Yeah. It's like, oh, what's It builds cool? character. I've built enough character. It's like, I could be a freaking a comic book. I could, you could write a comic book after me. Yeah. I'd the damn character. Yeah. Cool. Listen. We are past the, like, if we are writing a, a movie, we're past the character building stage. We're done now. The characters are established. No more, please. I got one more thing. Speaking of disturbing, I'm about to show you something incredibly disturbing. Oh, God. So, do you know what, like, a furry is? The people who dress up as animals and sleep with each other? So... I found this video years ago, and I've been showing it to people. This is a, a segment of the podcast I've kept for a long time. I like to call weird shit on the internet. Oh, dear. Obviously, you have it spoiled a little bit. Usually, how I would start this video is I would ask people if they like horses. Like, do you do you like animals? Do you like horses? <laughs> so usually, what I end on is this is some odd shit that I found on the the World Wide Web. My man has a bit in his mouth. I love all this. So I have so when I first showed this to Hunter Stewart, he asked me, he's like, Do you think it's sexual? And I was like, Look at them. Of course it's sexual. Look at these people. Can you see that? Are you seeing the same group of human beings that I'm looking at? They're in. I mean, I have a, one of my best friends is part of the LGBTQ community. I would consider him family, and I, he was one of the first. I had my quote-unquote group of friends in high school that I was supposed to be friends with, grew up with. They were outcasting me, made fun of me all the time. And then this person, he was homosexual. Uh, we're friends to this day. Uh, one of the few, I mean, I was walking home from a soccer game one day. All my friends, quote-unquote, drove past me, laughing at me, throw some shit out the window at me, pointing, have fun walking. And then this kid that I'd never met before, uh, 
pulls over, gives me a ride to my house. You know, nothing behind it. You know, he was just, a, just hey, you need a ride. I know, I, I think I knew him mutually through Somebody, uh, one of my other yeah. friends. And so we knew the like names, each other's names. Of each other. And, uh, yeah, so what, a person here, I am a person who, which I was always raised, no judgment, you know, it's love, love, love everybody and just cool with everybody. My mom was dated a black black guy growing up, so I've always been very culturally and yeah, socially, open. yeah, open. No, not knowing what judgment is. And uh, then I, st- like, my whole senior year gets basically ruined just because I become friends with this kid who's gay. Like I had one of my friends came up to me, pulled my shirt down, and uh, he had heard that I had a hickey from a, a party, you know, what we did when we were kids. And he comes up to me, accuses me of being from this this dude just because we're friends, and which I was at the party. He was, uh, you know, friends with all the girls, so it Man. was a cool situation. It was, I was a nice not, move. Yeah, it was like it you worked were, out. You were the gay dude's nice straight friend. And you were just <laughs> like, hey, I'll come to the parties. I'll come hang. And uh, but long story short, yeah, I have one of my best friends. Man, we knew him from preschool, and he came up to me, pulled my shirt down, and says, "Dude, you're you're." A, F and F and fag and da 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 and uh, he's just some of the worst stuff, worst experiences I ever had. You just pulled my shirt down in the class, in like a middle of class, and started doing this. He said, "We ain't even, we can't be friends no more, dude." And it just spoke. Looking back, it spoke to the yeah. per, the challenges he was having, and you learn those stuff as you get oh, older. Oh yeah, you learn, you learn as you get older. And, and he was just wanting to be accepted and stuff, and so. You know, he ended up struggling with uh, drugs and ended up passing away. And so he was having his own problems. And that's looking back what you have to kind of chop that all up to. And But anyways, long story short, I have no issues with any group of people. You know, as long as you're not hurting me, my family, or out to cause harm or damage, by all means, enjoy your life. But... but- this is fucking weird, dude. <laughs> but I was about to say, I, that is the end of this because I'm and, the same and, way. And, I'm very and the furry subject has got its way into. I've heard recently there are school systems oh, implementing yeah. like cat litter, yeah, like litter boxes because of these furry people wanting saying. to I'm use very, the bathroom in a litter person. box. This is some weird people shit. Now I will say these people I give a break to because they are out in the middle of the field not bothering nobody. <laughs> They just all are in a Facebook group together, and they said, let's meet on Saturday. <laughs> My favorite is when they wreck. Like, you think you would buy cleats and shit? This is the best one. <laughs> he has, I see Hunter had the, had the na- naivety to ask me. He said, is this sexual? I'm like, that man, that woman is wearing thigh-high striped socks, dude. And this, whipping the shit out of him. Yeah, dude. if it's not sexual at this point, this man, I'm concerned for his mental well-being. He is getting dominated. Yeah, <laughs> he loves it. See, there's part of that I get. I, I understand part of that, bro. He is a wild. These people are wild cats. But it just, I guess, it's a, a living testament to the diversity of human life. It really is. <laughs> for me. This part really pisses me off. As someone who does audio and video content, 
I would have been furious listening to him talk. I would have been like, hey, I can't hear you. Take the fucking mask off, <laughs> you dick. You can't hear a word you're saying. I know it's part of an aesthetic. Just speak to me like a human. So this is the part. I was like, this is... This is the part that kills me. How expensive the outfits are. He stuffed a microphone in there that time, for sure. Like a Crap. wrestler, it looks like Kane. It's Kane, bro. I'm dying right now. I this is new territory, yeah. I mean, new territory here. I, I just, mean, I it, always want to give something for my guests to take with them uh, back out into the normal world <laughs> here on Planet Comedy. It's the weird shit on the Holy internet. Shit, well, thank you, Chris, for joining me. We had some technical difficulties. Man, the no first problem. half of this audio will be camera audio, but right. it'll be fine. We, get, two, we got two hours of content for you guys. Surely you can find something you like in here. Hopefully. And yeah, let us know. Let, but let thank me you guys know. so much for listening. Uh, you can, Chris, do you have anything you want to promote to the people? I, nothing yet. I mean, I'm, I'm on all the social medias and stuff, but I don't, I, I, I've been kind of in, so I've been a social media recluse the past few years, as we kind of talked about going from one job to another and just kind of at a stage in life where, haven't been active yeah. and so working on coming out of that that's what a lot of these podcasts are for and i'm excited and hoping to get some stuff started in the future so uh if there's any of these topics you would like to be you know like to expand on in the future let let us know let kyle know and and hopefully we can get get a network built up here. yeah get things set up and and get some cool stuff going uh thanks again for having me man no i problem, appreciate man. it a ton you can find uh the planet comedy podcast at the planet comedy on facebook and instagram at the pcp gang on twitter we have a youtube channel which is starting to upload videos there as well pelt clips from the show uh, I have videos, content that I'm going to upload there. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google, pretty much anywhere you get your podcast. Sweet. Well, that's all I have for you guys. Do you have anything else you want to say to the people? Any parting messages? Anything you're going to do, do it with love. And we'll uh, we'll see you again in the future. I appreciate y'all. Peace, love, and shrubbery. I'll see you guys next week. Amen.